Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together, and this will be part five of our curriculum series where we'll be discussing in depth about what we are going to be doing about our kinder program and the kind of Ariel playing the Play-Doh with two different programs, Torchlight and Build Your Library, and how she is mashing these two curriculums together and how that can maybe be implemented in your kinder curriculum or the ideas that you want to do by piecing together a bunch of these digital curriculums as you move forward. So, but before we begin, just make sure everybody is following us on Facebook on Homeschool Together Facebook group and also on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. And also go out there and please leave us a iTunes review if you can. It really helps other other people to find our podcast and gets us up in the search rankings. So today we're going to be doing a detailed explanation of how we're going to be combining the Torchlight Level K and the Build Your Library Level 0 and Level 0 corresponding with the K level and how we're bringing these together. So, Eric, do you want to just talk a little bit about why you did that, why that, why you've been motivated to kind of slam together these two big curriculums? Yeah, sure. So, Build Your Library Zero and Torchlight K are both meant for the kinder age, they would say five to five to seven or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're both around the world studies. So, they're both covering the same the same general content. Uh, but I think the reason that it was... I looked at both of these. I first found Build Your Library, and I really liked it. And then I found Torchlight. I was in love with that, too. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't decide. Well, really. Also, well, also, we do year-round homeschooling. So yeah. these two curriculums tend to be, what, about 36? About 30, 35, 36 weeks, yeah. And so we would run out of time, and we'd have you know a gap of about 15, 16 weeks. Right. So we do have time where we can bring them together. And also, our learner is kind of a, a bridge period with her age. So we're actually finishing up our pre-K still while she's in pre-K. So we have a little bit of extra time to devote to a larger curriculum right. uh, for K. Right. She won't be actually officially old enough to start kinder until next fall, mm-hmm. but we're going to be ending Blossom and Root Early Years Volume 2 in you know, February, March timeframe. So it just made sense. If I combine the two, I basically create about a year and a half's worth. And so that would finish roughly at the same time that she would finish her kinder year, you know, quote unquote, um, if we were going to align with the school year. So first off, the Torchlight book list is absolutely terrific. I just, I couldn't leave out those books. They were just too good. There's some fantastic Atlas type books that are Mm -hmm. stories all about animals in each region and uh, other cultural things in each region. There's a terrific uh, Smithsonian Illustrated Atlas that 
that it uses. It has a lot of really great chapter books that are not too large. Uh, they're pr probably early chapter books is what you consider. And a huge list of picture books for every country. So the, the book list is absolutely terrific. On the other hand, Torchlight is fairly intense. The list of books is very long, and I'm not even talking about the extensions, just the ones that it actually uses week to week is huge. So one of the things about combining this, Build Your Library has a more gentle approach, and, and combining those two, I'm able to kind of smear some of the torchlight into the Build Your Library weeks to even it out. So that's that's one of the reasons why I thought that this would uh, this would work out well. And and then the last thing is we, as you know, we love to travel and we can't travel <laughs> times of Corona. And even if we could, traveling with young children is, I mean, we took our daughter to our oldest to Spain when she was 17 months. And I'm not sure I would recommend doing that. I, I still think we have PTSD from that flight there. <laughs> Ask Ariel Us and, and other people about what that was like flying to Spain with a 17-month-old. It was rough. On the red eye that never slept. Yeah, it was, yeah it, was, it was rough. We were those parents. But we love international travel. We can't do that with our young children. We certainly can't do it right now. Uh, and, you know, it's cost prohibitive and, and all those things. So yeah, this is a way to expose our kids to the world and get to enjoy learning ourselves about all these countries. I I think I'm just as excited, maybe I'm more excited than mm -hmm. our our daughter is to start this study. So that's another reason to combine them. It just it's just more goodness. I mean, you got sucked into a wildebeest migration video on YouTube today. So yes, about the Great Migration. It, it was so fascinating. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, maybe we'll do the virtual climb up Kilimanjaro with our one year old on the couch. Mm. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, so we love travel. So that's a big part of of this, uh, why we are seeking to combine these two. Is Does Build Your Library give us something that maybe Torchlight doesn't? Or is it really just the way to spread the two curriculum, spread the more intense curriculum like Torchlight across a two-week period and also fill up the year? Is there anything that Build Your Library brings that Torchlight doesn't? So Build Your Library Science is all based around animals. And so it has animal poetry and there's a wild animal atlas. Does Torchlight do animals for their So they have a different science called Big Science for Little People, which has gotten mixed reviews from okay. what I've heard from folks on the Facebook groups. Uh, so I really like the animal study. Our daughter really connects with yeah, animal videos. Animals, yeah. So I thought, oh. I mean, I was getting my hair combed by a horse today. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah, that really happened. We don't make this stuff up. Okay. So so anyways, I knew that she would really connect with the animals. And I thought it was a great way to introduce her to each country because she's not she's not quite old enough to understand all of the geographic parts about terrain and just all, all of that, um, climates and things. I mean, we're going to work on it some, but I thought animals she can really connect with, and culture. So mm -hmm. seeing kids from other cultures, I think Build Your Library does a bit better job of that. They have this Children Like Me book that we talked about in the, the episode, um, last episode when we talked about Build Your Library, that I think is really good. So we've got some great, great culture aspects that I thought were terrific, and some really neat hands-on activities that tie right into to that. Uh, so I liked all of those parts. But Torchlight has this amazing book list too. So I ultimately could not decide. And so I've decided to combine them. 
Well, and it also takes advantage of the things we know our learner likes to do, which is the animals, and combine that with the travel, which he's interested in other places. So it does seem like a natural fit. The Um, other thing for me is that I'm not, I'm frankly not sure which I want to go forward with past kinder. So, and mostly this is, a lot of this is around the history stuff. So build your library. First of all, it goes through 12th grade, which I really enjoy. I don't know that we'd ever go that high, but... Uh, I don't know that Torchlight's going to go that far. It currently only goes to fourth grade or level four, not not corresponding to grade. Their level four is like ages nine to 13. So that's one of the things about Torchlight's. I feel like there are some gaps, right? This is ages five to seven. And the next one, this one, you know, four is nine to 13, which would be a spread of what fourth grade to middle school so there's some there's some gaps there too and you wouldn't be and for year-round homeschoolers like us will run out of content so i couldn't imagine cycling the same curriculum four times in a row yeah we wouldn't do that anyway so part of my other issue is that torchlight relies on curiosity chronicles for history going forward and that's kind of like a it's a conversational back and forth like what were the ancient Egyptians like? Well, Sally, they were like this. What did they do? Well, they did this. And I've heard it's a pretty good audio book, but we're not not super into audio books yet. I mean, she's just starting to get into audio stories and things. Whereas Story of the World, um, which Build Your Library relies on, tells each time period as a different story. And I think she'll connect with better. So I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking we might use Build Your Library as our base going forward and then pull in uh, you know, buy Torchlight just to pull in all these great books and supplement and, and beef up the Build Your Library curriculum. And not that I think it needs to be necessarily, but just, you know, I always want more history and, and more culture and things. So this is part of a test year for me too. I really want to try it all out so that I can see where we want to go in the future. Well, we've sense. got the extra time. we got more than a year before she would actually start K, you know, either if she went to a you know, public school or to some parent partnership. So we've got the time to actually try both of these curriculums out. Right. Okay. So what's the structure that you're using to combine these two? How are you mashing these together? What considerations are you making and what type of resources might be available to other people that we may be be able to provide in the future or, you know, through our Facebook group that could help other people do the same thing. So Torchlight hops around between countries. So like the first week and they have this on their website is Russia and then they'll go, you know, They'll go to Africa and then they'll go to South America and then they'll go to the U.S. And I mean, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Everywhere is different. That's purposeful. They they feel that if we stayed in one, did it by continents, which is the way that Build Your Library does, that all of your South American countries would start blending together, right? They wanted to keep it fresh and different. For our learner, I know that she's going to want to deep dive on that uh on that continent. And so I'm using build your library as a base. And then I'm bringing in Torchlight to align with the build your library week. So I basically am making uh, going by continent, but building in two weeks for each country within that continent. Sometimes it's a group of country. I uh, like they do Australia and New Zealand as one, one week, for example, instead of separate. So there's some stuff like that, depending on size of countries. Uh, but it basically makes two weeks per country. So this gives us plenty of space, and then it allows me to schmear some of that torchlight stuff into the Build Your Library time, which uh, allows me to even out that workload. 
they also both have a cooking classroom component. I went ahead and moved that back so that at the end of our two weeks, we could do kind of a celebration of this country. Hey, we spent two weeks in Mexico. Let's make a great meal that's got, you know, we, we pull in maybe two or three recipes instead of just doing one each week. And, and also trying to gear up and do one big recipe a week can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge. So, um, those were the, that was a way that I kind of thought about it. And so I made up a schedule first with build your libraries, the base, and from there went ahead and added in the torchlight weeks. I use the build your library chapter books to take precedence over tor- torchlight because we're going with torchlight out of order. So some things I encountered kind of right up front, I pulled in a torchlight week and the book that they referenced was the fourth book in the series that Torchlight wanted you to read. So I wanted to, of course, start with the first book. So there's some considerations that I had to make when pulling it forward. But in general, it all kind of it all kind of goes. It's all, hey, it's all about Russia. This is two weeks we're going to do. And for the most part, it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through the planning now. It's been quite a large undertaking to pre-plan it all. I would say that Folks don't need to pre-plan the whole thing. If you wanted to, you could definitely put this into a binder, like assuming that you had already purchased your spines, assuming you'd done that, you could put it into a binder of, you know, say just the next three or four weeks, and you could then make the micro corrections you need to about lit selections and things. How much time would that look like to somebody if they didn't want to do all the upfront planning and was willing to do this kind of ad hoc along the way thing? I think you could probably do a month's worth four weeks it might take you an hour or two to go through and mm-hmm. but if you if you printed both the curriculums into three ring binders so that you could just and you you had the they would be side by side typically. yeah and then you had the excel schedule this is what i did i put it into excel and and there's a <gasps> terrific the project planner used excel <laughs> yeah and one of the things um there's a facebook group called Torchlight, Build Your Library, and Blossom and Root Families about people that do all kinds of these amalgamations of of the digital curriculums. They're terrific. And one of the things that I've shared there is my schedule with Build Your Library as a base. So what we do is ask for proof of purchase of both of the uh, Torchlight and Build Your Library uh, kinder levels so we can make sure that we're not sharing something that's that we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I've shared that with a number of folks just to help them figure that out. So once you know your, your order, bringing in the weeks that you need to from Torchlight, putting them into, fitting them into build your library, then you've just, it's a matter of figuring out if there's any, the biggest problem is chapter book mismatches. Mm -hmm. That's kind of your only big issue. And there's Uh, chapter books in Torchlight as well. Yeah. There's chapter books in Torchlight. Luckily, many of them don't, span multi-weeks okay which is good some of them do uh there were there were times when torchlight wanted me to read like the mercy watson series which if anyone hasn't read mercy watson it's perfectly adorable about a pig and our daughter absolutely loves it butter toast yeah butter toast (laughs) actually it's not true it's toast with a great deal of butter (laughs) (laughs) so but those don't correspond to anything cultural about the country. So I felt like, okay, I can give precedent to the chapter book from Build Your Library and wherever I fit in that other book, I can fit it in. It's fine. On the other hand, there are some chapter books. There's just really terrific greetings from somewhere series that Torchlight uses. It's kind of two kids, a boy and a girl solving mysteries in different countries. So obviously that's 
got to go where it needs to go. Uh, so in those cases, I might decide to bump the build your library book instead or finish the build your library book up a little faster. So I think the biggest issue is going to be what you do about the chapter books. Mm -hmm. For me, I decided to put everything in Trello because I'm a project manager and that's just how I roll. And I think Trello is great for that. We will have a Trello episode. We will. We may do some YouTube videos of Ariel showing you how to use Trello. Um, It has been a very powerful tool for us. You don't have to be a super whiz on it. It's actually very simple to use, put things together, plan things out. And what's great about it is it's entirely free at the level that we use it. Yeah, it's completely free. Uh, The upgrades don't, unless you're just a real power user, I consider myself fairly power user and I still have the free version. So I think it's fine Mm -hmm. for me putting everything in Trello took quite a bit more time because I had to make cards for every book and there is a lot going on in both of them. But you also do a really good job in Trello. You make it really beautiful. Uh, You include images, you copy text. Yeah. Like you go the whole nine. Somebody could just say, do this thing, read this book. And you know, that doesn't, you know, you do a really good job at it. It makes it a lot easier on me. I think it's nice. One of the things about it is when you're looking then at your phone or the iPad um, in the homeschool room after the planning is done, it's got the image of the book cover. So it's easier for you to find exactly what book needs to be pulled. And the other thing is because we love to travel so much and I just want to dive into this, I'm adding, you know, I'm adding extension links from, from Torchlight, some of the YouTube videos they call out Mm -hmm. stuff. But of course, as always, I'm adding in extra things that I think are also cool. So, so we're doing that and I'm, Trello allows me to add those in in a, in a bit easier. So planning with Trello is quite a bit more time consuming. Mm-hmm. And each week probably takes a half hour just just doing that one week's worth. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's worth it for us and the way that our workflow is, but I don't know that it would be worth it for everyone. Mm-hmm. If, if there was just, if only one of us was doing the homeschool, yeah, I, I, imagine. I think that I'd just use the planner method and just alternate the weeks and it would be fine. While I think on the outset this sounds a little bit complicated, I'd want to stress that if you want to take these two curriculums, print them out. It took me, I don't know, half hour or less to make the country list. I listed out the entire Build Your Library countries and said, okay, we're starting in North America. Let me grab my Torchlight North American weeks and I just, you know, put them in into a little table. Once I had that, putting your weeks in the right order after that point really isn't it doesn't take too much time. Mm-hmm. I think this is very accessible. If you if you can have time to take a two a full two weeks for each country, a full week for the Build Your Library, a full week for the Torchlight, if you want to schmear them like I'm going to do, if that makes sense for you and you'll learn, great. But assuming you have the time, I think that this is going to make such a wonderful in-depth study for every country. I feel that for our daughter at the kinder level, if we spent one week per country and just like, okay, this week's Russia, then it's Thailand, then it's South America, it's, you know, it's Brazil, then it's Canada, whatever. I think it would all start to just like be too much for her, too much change. Mm-hmm. I like that we can settle in. I plan to do something like a, like the night before, say, okay, let's, you know, let's get all excited tomorrow. We're going to Belgium or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then we, we spend our time there and we really enjoy it. I think she's going to get into it deeper. I think she's going to develop a deeper appreciation for the culture. If we take the time 
to not rush it. There's so much about each of these countries to learn. And I could see some of these books, us wanting to read them over again because Mm -hmm. they're really good. And so I think that, I think this is a great way to go. If you have the time, if you have a learner that you think will love um, this global study, which is very appealing. I don't know a learner at any age that wouldn't be interested in this. This would also be great to combine with an older learner. You can always make things a little bit more difficult and get more into the geography and the terrain and and different things with your older learner, maybe some of the history. I mean, you can just decide how you want to pull it together. But I think this is going to make a terrific combination. A lot of families are doing this same combo. I just wouldn't be intimidated by it. You can... You can go as crazy or you know, as nuts as I am or as simple as just, you know, doing the binder method. So I wouldn't want anyone to get intimidated. And please, if you decide that you want to do this, you know, shoot us a message on Facebook, you know, PM me or put something on the group. There's a lot of folks that are doing the same thing. We'll put a link in the show notes to the Facebook group that you should join if you do want to do this uh, because they're just a terrific group of people. And as I come up with new resources for this, I'm going to post those to our Facebook group as well. If you want to add extra things and that, you know, that I know about that weren't called out in Torchlight, I'm going to go ahead and add those or, or build your library either. So. No, this was fantastic. Thanks for explaining this. You know, it's kind of funny because we're, I tend to be a little bit behind you because I'm in the pre-K curriculum and you're working already ahead on the K curriculum. It's fun to actually hear about what I'm going to be doing. I know we've talked a, a lot about this, but going into depth and kind of seeing where the granularity is, you know, it's been really, this is really cool. I'm actually really excited. It's it's going to be super fun. I, I honestly, not that we're not enjoying uh, the Blossom early years because we, we are, they did a big nature walk today and it was a super fun for them uh, to do. And, and be I honest, lo- Blossom and Root liked your Instagram post today. They did. It was so exciting. I know. I'm so jazzed. She anyway. Was, she was running around the kitchen like a four-year-old. <laughs> I, I, you know. I'm just excited because I feel like, I don't know, I love I love the stuff that they're doing. I love the secular curriculum. I think that all of these creators, they're like friends. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm excited that they well, saw that Well, you've welcomed their creation into your house and you're, you know, it's being the basis of your, you know, your child's learning, which is, you know, I mean, outside of a lot of things, it's one of the more, more important things that we focus on. And we've invited that in. So it is important, you know. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And we are super enjoying Blossom and Root. But there's a part of me and my travel soul that just, I can't wait. And I'm thankful that I'm getting to do the planning of it. And honestly, when we start this, I mean, I'm going to let you do some of it. But there might be quite a bit of it that I'm like, don't do this until I get home. <laughs> because I really want I really want to enjoy I this. I on the Mercy Watson book. Yeah, no, you haven't done them yet, so you got to yeah. do the Mercy Watson. But there's a lot of this that I'm going to be like, uh, no, I want to look at the Atlas, with her, you know. So it's going to be maybe a little bit of a challenge for us because I'm just so excited about this. And I just, I have, you know, we're sitting in here in our office and I have like three levels of bookcase full of the books that I've been using to plan. It's it's all the books from both the curriculums, all the spines and the chapter books and some extra books we had around the house that are about travel and extra maps that I had. I'm gathering everything from around the entire house that could possibly pertain to this. And I'm just having so much fun. That's cool. Um, so yeah, when we start this, I may be fighting you for some sections of it. I'm okay with that. This was really interesting. Stay tuned for episode six of our curriculum series we'll begin to talk a little bit about all about reading 
in that first layered curriculum that we've been talking about before. So that'll be our next episode. Do keep an eye out for that. But we're going to end like we always end on what we're into this week. Other than Matthew starting Don Quixote for his <laughs> final third book of the year. As he talks about himself in the third person. Yes, this guy, he, he reads dumb books. Um, so what are we into this week? Is proto-gaming. And this is actually kind of fun. This is the first time on the podcast we've been able to talk about the one-year-old. Yeah, because we're game schoolers and she hasn't really been able to participate uh, yet. Dro- drooling on things is kind of not really... Kind of. It's kind of a game of saving our things. So anyway, we wanted to talk a little bit about proto-gaming and kind of the things that I've been doing with the one-year-old this week. I had a little bit of an opportunity to be you know, very focused one-on-one play with her this week. Uh, our oldest was away for a day or two with grandma. And I had a little bit of time to sit down and actually, you know, test the waters with gaming with her. And you're probably sitting back going, what kind of gaming are you playing with a one-year-old? I was when you said, I've been gaming with her. I'm like, what? What have you been doing? It sounds really <laughs> weird. So we used Spot It, which is a blue-orange game. We'll maybe talk a little bit about that later. It's a really cool game. But I was using the game as kind of this first opportunity to kind of suss out a little bit of um, game playing rules and activities that we tend to see with games like passing cards, collecting cards, picking up cards, putting things down. This is a great little game. It's in a round tin. Every card is round. It has a bunch of pictures on it. And what we were doing was actually using the tin as part of our game, opening the tin, dumping out all the cards. I'm sharing cards with her. I'm passing cards with her, trying to get her to pass cards to me. And we were trying to play kind of like a proto game. She was very aggressively <laughs> putting cards into the tin. Yeah, she's and been then, really into that after you yeah, did that. And I was giving her the top. She would then close it. So we were kind of playing a game of where we were filling the tin with cards. And now, obviously, no high-level game objective, no winning, losing. But it was just very fun to play with cards Things that she'll seek, you know, in the next year or so mm-hmm. that we're playing Uno or Phase 10 or some other type of game like that with her older sister. She's going to see that we're playing with these cards. So I was able to introduce her to cards. A couple of weeks ago, I introduced her to the Go Fish cards. I still think we're trying to find Go Fish cards. Yeah, that was a mistake. That was not very good. So <laughs> the dominoes worked out well. The though. dominoes worked as, out as well. So we played a very similar game with the dominoes as well, where she was putting dominoes in the tin. We were organizing them, stacking them, closing the tin. And then opening it, dumping it out, and doing it again. And then again, passing dominoes Mm -hmm. or cards back and forth to each other. Me using a lot of language like, it's your turn, now it's my turn, now it's your turn, now it's my Mm -hmm. turn. So trying to do a little bit of the the language skills so she can hear when to Mm -hmm. stop, when to start. The most important thing that I found when I was doing this with her is I got the very classic, you know, 14-month-old tongue half hanging out of the mouth locked in focused (laughs) deep play moment and i knew i was i was hitting on something really good because she just wanted to keep doing this over and over and over. And she has repeated it now with her sister and with me she she remembers that this is one one thing that you did really well with our older daughter when she was two and maybe maybe a little older than two but right around that you would take games of ours that she was Mm -hmm. interested in and find something in the game that she could actually do. So I remember you would pull down Castle Panic Mm -hmm. and you would say, okay, let's put monsters in the green zone. She would put the monsters. Let's Mm -hmm. put monsters in the red zone. So you were working on colors. You weren't playing the game at all. But she loved the 
the high quality of the graphics and the little monster tokens and the little castle pieces and stuff. And you were using uh, an adult game to to teach colors because that's what she was interested in another good example of that is king domino where they have kind of it's Mm -hmm. it's, they have these kind of tiles that are shaped like dominoes where one half is one color that represents something like you know water or wheat or or trees and then the other half would be another one whether it's a mine or mountains or desert or whatever it might be and i was handing her tiles and then she would have to match one of them to Mm -hmm. whatever she was building now that's kind of the game of King Domino, but there's a lot more in-depth rules there. But that was a great way for me to... She was interested in looking at the cards, and it was a great way for me to kind of get her interested in tile, a tile-based game. Mm-hmm. Kind of Carcassonne would be another good example of that, or the rail. She did good with that. Rivers, the, Roads, and Rails. That yeah, one's a little harder. I know with Carcassonne for a while, you just did... You know, you used as a matching game, matching yeah, the roads. Matching I mean, there was no and matching the castle pieces. There was no scoring or putting down. Well, she put put down people every time. Yeah, she you would give her people and say, "Hey, do you want somebody on your road?" Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> she put up someone on her road. Just introducing her to these kind of high level rules and activities that are around the game. And there's no winning or losing, but just using the game as this really, almost like a very fancy manipulative. And right. then we have these games in the house. Pull them down. Let them play with them. Obviously, within reason, you don't want the one and a half. I would. I don't know if I'd pull out some of these games with the fourteen-month-old. But yeah, we're not I, pulling out hungry, hungry hippos. With I'm the not little, pulling out hungry, hungry hippos. The marbles or whatever. No, very scary. But I am pulling out certain games. I tried a little bit of Children's Labyrinth with her. Oh yeah. But it got a little manic. It was yeah. a little too much for her, so we went back to Spot It, and it was really much right in her wheel. It was very much in her wheelhouse where she mm-hmm. could pick up a bunch of cards put cards back in the tin and then close it up, open it back up, dump them out. And it's also working her dexterity, right? working with her hands, being able to pick one card and one card. So she has a grouping of cards and being able to choose one thing out of that. I think from a dexterity point of view, Mm -hmm. very helpful. Obviously she was baby led weaned, so she has very good dexterity with eating food. She's been eating food for a very long time. So she has good finger manipulation. But this is just kind of that next level where she's, you know, being careful. She's also learning to be careful with things. You know, if she's starting to bend a card, I'll stop her and say, careful, careful. So she's kind of learning those words. She's kind of moderating what she's doing. She's kind of playing within the rules that I've created. So again, it's just kind of bringing them into that gaming aspect because we do do a lot of game schooling. That is a cornerstone of what we do. And I just thought, Hey, let's give it a, ch- a chance to see where she is. And it's just a way for me to test the waters, you know, pulling down card games with her. It's just a great way to test the water. So I really encourage people to pull out those games, play with your young learners, even if they're not ready for the game to play the full game. Do some proto games, do some proto rules, just test them on, like, you know what the rules of the game are. See if they're willing to kind of match tiles or play with cards or count numbers or put things into certain areas. And just have fun with that as like a very nice manipulative. It's a great way to introduce them into gaming. And so, you know, when they're four and a half years old, maybe they'll play Planets with you or maybe they'll play Carcassonne with you. And they'll actually do a good job at it because they're used to these things. They're used to these rules. They're used to know what mm-hmm. they're, they have to do. And also you have explained to them a lot of these rules just by playing with them. It's also very nice for a gaming family 
to include your younger gamer who feels, who can feel left out. She sees games all around the house and always wants to be a part of that. So this is a great way to engage them too and, and to feed a little bit of that desire to game, even though she's too young to to really get into it properly. So this week we encourage you to just pull those games down, start playing with your young learners and see where it goes. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling! I've always said if I was going to be a DJ, I would be DJ Dolphin. And I would come onto the mic and go, ah. <laughs> You're like recording like episodes worth of bloopers today. <laughs> you don't like it? DJ Dolphin? Where are all my fishies at? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. That's why you married me. One of the, one of the many yeah. reasons. She goes, I'm every day. It gets darker and darker. <laughs> Justify that decision. <laughs> <laughs>